Hello, this is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk podcast network recorded in the NordoniaHills.news studio. Today, I have with me Dariah Sethna and Andrew Thompson, and this is the Cleveland Sports Show. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Cleveland Sports Show. Today, uh, with me, Dariah Sethna, and Andrew Thompson back on the show as well. Uh, Happy New Year to you all, our first episode officially of 2019 and not only is it our first episode of 2019 it is also our 25th episode in total of the cleveland sports show um dating back all the way if you could remember to the end of may back in 2018 um so we're kicking off two special anniversaries um today of course we have the first episode of 2019 and it's our 25th anniversary of the cleveland sports show uh, when we started all the way back with uh brady now, uh, Andrew and I have a ton to talk about today, but before we get into um, a lot of the NBA stuff for today, I wanted to get, keep you guys updated with all of the um, uh, news in the soccer world. So first, in the Premier League in England, um, Liverpool still hold the first seed with 54 points and have a four-point cushion against the second-place Manchester City, who have 50 uh, points. And then in third place, it's Tottenham Hotspur um, with 48 points, and then Chelsea with 44 points in fourth place. Um, so definitely a lot more competition in the Premier League than we've seen before. The play uh, point differentials are very, very tight, and I'm definitely looking forward to come uh, May when the playoffs begin and we get to see you know really who is the cream of the crop in the Premier League. Now switching over to La Liga in Spain, uh, Barcelona still holds the f- um, first place. Um, however, their point differential between them and Atletico Madrid, who are in second place, is only by three points. Um, Barcelona has 37 points, thanks to 11 wins, four draws, and two losses, uh, while Atletico Madrid um, has nine wins, seven draws, and one loss for a combined 34 points. Um, in third place, it's Sevilla, once again, with nine wins, five draws, and three losses for 32 points. And then it is Real Madrid with nine wins, three draws, and five losses for a combined 30 points. In Liga 1 in France, PSG still holds a comfortable margin in first place. Um, 13 points behind them is um, uh, Lille, L-O-S-C, with 34 points thanks to 10 wins, four draws, and five losses. Um, Lyon is two points behind them with nine wins, five draws, and four losses. And with 32 points, and then um, Montpellier has played 17 matches, and in those 17 matches, they have 8 wins, 6 draws, and 3 losses for a combined 30 points. So, just like the Premier League, um, aside from the fact that PSG is comfortably ahead, um, from place 2 down all the way to 20, um, a lot more competitive, very small point differentials, um, I can conclude that PSG is most likely going to uh, win the um, first place in Liga 1, uh, just given the fact that they're one of the most successful teams. They're almost like the Warriors of League 1. They're going to easily lock up that first place, and I won't be surprised if they uh, go on to win the uh, for, uh, League 1 Cup this year. Um, in Serie A, in Italy, Juventus, uh, similar to PSG, has a comfortable margin. Um, they um, are they are nine points ahead of second place Napoli, who have 44 points 
with 14 wins, 2 draws, and 3 losses. Um, Inter Milan have 12 wins, 3 draws, and 4 losses for a combined 39 points. And then it is Lazio in 4th place with 9 wins, 5 draws, 5 losses for a total of 32 points. Um, Juventus uh, still has not witnessed a loss this year. They have played 19 total matches, with 17 of those uh, matches being wins, and of course two of those matches obviously being draws. Um, they have a combined 53 points, and they have only allowed um, 11 goals so far in their season. So not only are they getting it done offensively with Cristiano Ronaldo, their defense has been able to... Um, sustain uh, a lot of quality um, and retain only 11 goals this season so far. And uh, f last but certainly not least, uh, the Bundesliga in Germany. Uh, Borussia Dortmunds uh, have a six-point hold over second-place Bayern Munich. They have 42 points um, for a combined 13 wins, three draws, and one loss. Bayern Munich has also played 17 matches. They have 11 wins, 3 draws, and 3 losses for a total of 36 points. Um, and Mönchengladbach has 10 wins, 3 draws, and 4 losses for a total of 33 points. And finally, in 4th place, uh, it is R uh, RB Leipzig with 9 wins, 4 draws, and 4 losses for a total of 31 points. So that concludes our um, soccer portion of the show this week. Um, we'll definitely keep you up to date with um, all of that. Uh, stay tuned for next week where uh, we talk a lot more soccer. And, uh, of course, always keep you guys updated. And now uh, we're going to um, move into the NBA. And I'm really looking forward because I have a lot, uh, you know, Andrew, I have a lot to talk about. Um, but first we always have to start with the Cavs who had another horrendous week uh, starting this past Saturday. Um, where they were in Atlanta and lost to the Hawks by only three. Um, however, they came back to the queue for a four-game homestand. Um, that stand is halfway complete, and they have given up um, 117 points in each of those games. Um, this is the fourth straight game that the Cavaliers have given up 110-plus uh, points. Um, they just look absolutely out of sync, and in all of those games... Um, except the one against Atlanta, the Cavaliers haven't even been able to break 100 points. So they've been getting obliterated. It's been very embarrassing. I want to, to get your thoughts uh, and opinions. What what are you seeing from the Cavs right now? Is there anything positive at all? Oh, there's nothing positive. Nothing. And, like, Sexton, I, I, I don't know about him, really. He's in 30 minutes. He's scoring, like, 13 points. And same with Osman. He last night he got thirty-one minutes and only eight points. I mean, they they have to do something. I get they're tanking, but they they have to do better than this. I mean, especially the fact I did not expect them to be this terrible. I thought Kevin Love would be honestly. I thought Kevin Love would man up and you know only take a few games off of the of a toe injury. Really, I mean, come on, you know, it shows that the Cavs obviously need him because he's the only All Star. But, you know, speaking of All-Stars, don't forget to do your All-Star voting for uh, the uh, All-Star weekend in Charlotte this year. But uh, if I'm going on Google and I'm looking up, you know, All-Stars, you know, one for the Cavs specifically, one other player than Kevin Love that I see as an All-Star is Jordan Clarkson. I really think that he, right now, 
um, is the best player on the Cavaliers. Um, you know, he did very well. He does very well off the bench. He's one of the best bench scorers in the NBA. Um, third best, uh, to be specific. He's doing very well. Um, his past two games haven't been uh, haven't been great at the queue. He's only had he only had 11 points against the Miami Heat in 25 minutes, and then he only had 12 points in uh, 19 minutes. Um, but you know, other than that, he's giving you you know 20 plus points a game, and you know I just love to see his energy, his athleticism, and his ability to shoot the ball. You know, he's a gifted scorer. Yeah. So that's one player other than Kevin Love that I see as an All Star this year for the Cavs. But you know, just to get back on their point, you know, they 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 just got embarrassed. There, there's no other way to put this. Um, you know, I just and they play the Pelicans tonight. They're the, you know, Anthony Davis is coming to town, mm-hmm. so I see no a sign of them winning that game yeah, whatsoever. No one can guard AD. They play the pace. You know, they they conclude their four-game homestand. Um, against the Indiana Pacers, which is going to be another loss, especially the fact that the Pacers are going to come out with a vengeance. I don't know if you remember that game in Indianapolis where Larry Nance Jr. made that game-winning um, putback. Yeah. Um, so the Pacers are obviously going to come in with a vengeance, and they're going to easily win that game. And then the Cavaliers begin a um, they begin a six-game West Coast road trip, um, all against tough teams: the Pelicans, the Rockets. They go to Los Angeles to face the Lakers. Then they go to play the Trailblazers in Portland. They head to Utah to take on the Jazz, and they finally play the Nuggets before coming back home. And, you know, I just the upcoming schedule for the Cavs is extremely difficult. And you know, what I mean, what's your thought on the schedule? I mean, do you are do you think there are any games that they can win? I obviously don't see any. I don't think there's any games who can win. Like especially tonight when we're playing against the Pelicans. I know the Pelicans aren't too good right now. But we have no one who can guard Anthony Davis. I mean, the Jazz and the Heat, they aren't that too good either, and they've obliterated the Cavs yeah. at home. Um, so, And uh, I don't know if you've uh, been keeping up with me. I don't know, Patrick McCaw, the former Golden State Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Patrick McCaw is officially a member of the Cavaliers. He's played two games with them so far, and these are two games I think he would love to forget. Um, this past Wednesday against the Heat, he... Uh, played 18 minutes and scored a grand total of two points. He was one of two from the field, all of one from three-point range, um, one assist, one steal. And then uh, he didn't follow that up against the uh, Jazz. He played 18 minutes again and a grand total this time, not two, but three points. Ooh, yeah. yeah, he uh, one of five from the field. Uh, he attempted one three-pointer and made it, obviously, to get his three points. Uh, two be- rebounds, one assist. You know, hopefully I... Um, hopefully he's just finding his rhythm right now in the Cavaliers. I hope he has that breakout game soon. Um, he hasn't put up terrific stats with the Warriors either. You know, he's more of just a reserve for the Warriors. Um, the past two seasons uh, with Golden State, he averaged about four points. So you know, he's not a he's not a Jordan Clarkson. He's not a Rodney Hood type player. Um, he's more of a reserve. But you know, I, I expected a little more from this. He has that championship caliber mentality, and I think that's why the Cavaliers really wanted him, because you know he knows how to win in Golden State. You know, he's had th- um, that experience, and just these past two games, you know, the fact that they've been obliterated is just very embarrassing. Um, and I really hope that they they can turn it around. I don't think they will at all, um, especially given their tough schedule. But I really, um, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I really think it's the fact that he doesn't want to be on the Cavs because if you if you see like pictures of him like the day he first came to the Cavs gym, he, he didn't look happy at all. He doesn't want to be on the Cavs. He wants to be with the Warriors. He wants to be on a winning team. You know, and I, I don't think anyone would want to be on the Cavs right now. I think no. uh, guys like Jay Crowder and Kyle Korver were you know who are play for the Jazz now were very very happy. You know, given the fact that they're in much better situations now. They actually might be able to play in the play- playoffs, mm-hmm. um, you know. Unlike the Cavaliers, who let's be honest, their season's over. Um, you know, they're they're just going to tank the rest of the season. I really see no positivity um, for the Cavs whatsoever. So, you know, that's my wrap up on the Cavs. Uh, we already discussed their upcoming games, so I don't think we need to dwell on those anymore. But one thing that I do want to uh, talk about: this past Thursday, um, the NBA on TNT had two phenomenal games. Um, the second one we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, but first, the Kawhi Leonard made his debut in San Antonio um, as a member of a new franchise. Uh, the Toronto Raptors went to San Antonio and got obliterated, to say the least. They um, were down by 19 in the first quarter by a score of 19 to 38. Um, they outscored the Raptors by three in the second quarter, um, as well as the fourth quarter. But you know, in the third quarter, they were outscored by five. And the Spurs eventually won it, uh, 125 to 107. So, um, the one thing I did like that the Spurs did, I don't know if you saw, but they did a tribute video to uh, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, who was also another member of the Spurs, um, which I thought was very professional of them, just to thank you. Um, but uh, the fact that the Spurs fans booed Kawhi Leonard, uh, I wanted, I was interested to get your opinion on this should the Spurs fans have booed them or should they have applauded him what, what's your opinion on that um I see this kind of as like a LeBron situation you know um Kawhi did win them a championship so I I, I feel like they they got in his head during the game and that's kind of why they lost but he did win them a championship they shouldn't have booed him they they should have they should have applauded him you know, and I'm not saying you know give a you know, howling cheer or anything. Don't you don't even have to go over the top. But you know, I think we need to recognize that you know, without him, the Spurs probably wouldn't be where they were. Uh, I don't know if you remember that um, in 2017, the Western Conference Finals, in Game One, when they were up by 25, the Spurs at Oracle Arena. Most of that was thanks to Kawhi Leonard, and we saw when he went down just how vulnerable the yeah. Spurs were. So I definitely don't think that it's fair that he got booed. Now you can say the way he handles his the way he handled his situation getting out of San Antonio, maybe that was the reason fans booed him. But for what he did on the court and what what he represented as a Spur, I don't think he should have been booed for that. Um, they obviously applauded Danny Green because you know he was he had no involvement yeah. you know in any of this Kawhi Leonard stuff, and you know he was just a part of that trade. Um, in that game, however, Danny Green ha- had a donut that refers to zero points. He was 0-7 from the field, 0-6 on three-point range, um, all in 26 minutes. Very disappointing performance for Danny Green. Um, but Kawhi was able to shake off the boos. Um, in 33 minutes, he put up 21 points, 8 of 13 from the field. Um, he was 0 of 2 from three-point range, though, however. Um, so a little under the weather from Kawhi, but I think we can expect that given the fact, you know, it was a, ver- a much different away game for him than it really would be for any other game. So, you know, I, I can give, you know, I think it's, uh, I can give him leniency for that one. Um, but I want to talk about a much more important game. It was the game right after that. The Houston Rockets went to um, Oracle Arena in Oakland to take on the Warriors. 
And, you know, I was thinking before this game started, you know, that's going to be an easy win for the Warriors because I think that, you know, in November, it was November 15th that the Warriors went to Houston and they got blown out by uh, 21 points by the Rockets. Um, so I thought Golden State would have a vengeance. This is the team they beat in the Western Conference Finals. Um, this is a team that I don't, this is the same Rockets team that I didn't expect to give them as much as a challenge this year. But if you look at that final score, um, it really said everything. You know, uh, James Harden was absolutely phenomenal. This is his fifth straight 40 uh, plus, uh, or excuse me, this is his fourth straight game with 40 plus points. More specifically, in 44 minutes, he was able to put up 44 points, 13 of 32 from the field. He had 10 total three-pointers, a lot of those coming from that step-back three that he's um, so famous for. He had 10 rebounds and 15 assists. Um, So he had a triple-double, basically carried the Rockets in that game. Clint Capella, I thought, played well um, alongside James Harden, but it was really James Harden um, who got it done. And it was just a phenomenal game. So I I was wondering... um, do you think that this was a bigger win for the Rockets, or do you think it was a bigger loss for the Warriors? I really, uh, I think it was a bigger loss for the Warriors. They should have won this game, all the All-Stars they have. And plus, like, they had, when you, you saw when James Harden, he made the uh, last shot of the game. The game right, winner, right, yeah. They had two guys in his face. He, he shouldn't have made that. I mean, uh, you had Draymond Green, he won Defensive Player of the Year, and, and Clay on his side, too. The, the, both of those guys... Both of those guys are over six, six, five feet. They should be able to get in his face. And, you know, I, I do agree with you that the fact this was a bigger loss for the Warriors because um, they were jacking up a lot of shots, especially as the game was winding down. You know, generally when um, they, they were up to, remember when Curry made that shot, mm-hmm. that was an obvious out-of-bounds um, by Kevin Durant. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you saw yeah, that. Saw he was, you know, he was a few feet away from the inbound slide. He was at the, you know, part where it says Golden State Warriors on the baseline and he saved it out of bounds. So I do, and you have a baseline referee. So I don't understand how the baseline referee cannot see that. Um so that was a huge problem and there was one question on ESPN that I read that said did Harden's three-point shot make up for that out-of-bounds uh, call that the referee didn't make? Absolutely not. Yeah. The, the referee still has to make mm-hmm. that call. And if James Harden doesn't make that shot, then we're you know penalizing that referee a lot more than we did. Um, so I definitely think that's a huge mistake that the NBA probably should look into, um, especially the fact that the referee is right there, but he doesn't see it at all. Um, to get back on the actual game, it was a bigger loss for the Warriors because when they had the ball and they were, you know, up to, um, they were they were jacking up shots. You would think that, you know, they'd milk the clock a little bit, use as much of the shot clock as they had, and then go. But the problem was, is Kevin Durant, they were taking shots, you know, well before the shot clock was about to expire. And I was just, I was a little bit confused when I was watching the game, thinking, why would you take those shots? And it eventually paid. They eventually had uh, paid because, you know, James Harden, with the offensive superstar that he is, um, hit that clutch three in overtime and basically um, ended the game. Um, so that was, um, that was, those were my overall thoughts on the game. The Houston Rockets came back from a 20 point deficit. Um, by the way, I thought that game was over at halftime. Um, the Rockets had a sensational third quarter. They outscored the Warriors 39-28. to They put up 39 points in the third quarter. 
Um, I just had a uh, sensational performance. Even though this was a great win for the Rockets, I would have to agree with you that this was a bigger loss for the Warriors. And moving on, one more um, NBA team that I'd like to talk about. I haven't mentioned them in a while. Uh, the Boston Celtics, who uh, started a four-game homestand um, this past Wednesday. And unlike the Cavs, the Celtics actually are winning their home games. Um, this past Wednesday, they beat the Timberwolves, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 115-102. to 102. Gordon Hayward had his best game of the season. In fact, his two best games of the season have both been against the Timberwolves. December 1st in Minnesota, he put up 30 points. And this past Wednesday, he had his best game of the season, putting up 35 points against the Wolves. Um, and then this past uh, Friday, the Celtics um, destroyed um, Dirk Nowitzki and the Mavericks um, and Luka Doncic as well by 114 to 93 by the final score. Um, I don't know if you saw that game, but one thing that I really liked about the Celtics fans is that they cheered on um, the great NBA legend of Dirk yeah, Nowitzki. Um, you know, when it was like 1.1 seconds left on the clock, um, Dirk was having a little fun and just shot it up. I really wanted him to, uh, you know, make one of those shots. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. But, you know, just the overall fact that the Celtics fans appreciated him and appreciate greatness, um, it was really um, one reason that I support their fan base and, uh, you know, uh, support their teams because they have uh, knowledgeable fans of the about the game of basketball. Um, however, bad news for the Celtics. Kyrie Irving missed his second straight game um, with an eye injury on New Year's Eve, the Celtics played the Spurs in San Antonio, uh, losing by nine. Um, but the news was a lot worse. Uh, Kyrie Irving scratched his cornea, the cornea part of his eye. Um, you know, don't forget this is a guy who, in the season, has been averaging about 23 points for them. Um, the fact that they've been able to win without him, though, I don't think that's going to be able to continue. Um, I think they do need Kyrie Irving, and I've been hearing, you know, should Kyrie Irving leave the Celtics? Absolutely not. He's an offensive superstar that they need, but on the other hand, he's ball-dominant, and the Celtics aren't able to thrive um, with one guy being ball-dominant. So I just wanted I was just wondering, you know, what um, is your analysis of the Celtics so far? And without Kyrie, who do you think has to step up um, for the Celtics? Um, definitely Jalen Brown and uh, Tatum. When they were playing the Mavericks, uh, Jalen Brown got 21 points, Tatum got 18 points. Now you were saying that if Kyrie shouldn't leave... I think that they should trade him. I, I, did, I remember last time I was here, I was like, they shouldn't trade him. But now I think they should. They have these guys, these young players scoring over 15 points. Maybe they can trade him, get a better starter, or maybe, not a better starter, but someone who doesn't have the ball as much as Kyrie, or maybe a better bench player. Well, see, the problem I think, though, is, you know, we know Steph Curry and the Warriors. So when Steph, when, you know, when Kevin Durant came to, Golden State, Stephen Curry had to sacrifice, you know, a lot of the ball handling. And they won two championships in a row when Kevin Durant um when Kevin Durant's there. So I think what Kyrie can do is he can, you know, emulate what Stephen Curry did, you know, maybe not be as ball dominant. And we've seen Curry Curry still had two fantastic seasons so far. So I think if Kyrie Irving's able to do that same thing, then the Celtics can definitely definitely be a lot more successful, you know. You don't have to do the shaking and baking with the and the ball handling as much, but it's eventually going to um, it's eventually going to take its toll. Excuse me. Um, the sacrifices are going to be worth it 
um, because you're going to see a lot more W's on your calendar, a lot more wins in your schedule. So it's a, I think if uh, Kyrie Irving can emulate what Stephen Curry has done with the Warriors, then I really will give I really give the Celtics a chance uh, to make the NBA Finals, and I think they'll be solidified once again as the team of the East. Because right now, even with those two wins, you know you still have to go through Toronto, you still have to go through. Um, Philadelphia and Milwaukee and uh, Indiana aren't sleepers either. They're coming for that crown of the East. So um, I definitely think that if, like I said, Kyrie Irving, maybe you don't have to do a lot, not as much ball handling, but eventually it'll pay off if you guys get wins. Um, you know, two other players that I think uh, you mentioned, Brown and uh, Tatum, two other players. Um, Terry Rozier, uh, Scary Terry, I think, um, he only had 8 points last night, but in the win against the Timberwolves, he had 16 points, 6 of 10 from the field, um, 2 of 5 from 3-point range. If you watched the playoffs last year, I mean, he was absolutely sensational. Um, he really proved that he can be a starting point guard in this league. I definitely think um, the Celtics need him um, to be successful. And uh, Al Horford as well, you know, the veteran player that he is. Ten points last night. He's not going to give you, you know, he's not going to give you a forty-point game. But his presence, you know, on the defensive end with the rebounding and his ability to shoot the three makes him one of the most versatile centers um, in the entire league. And I definitely think the Celtics are going to need that come playoff time. And he himself as well, you know, was one of the main carriers for the Celtics in the playoffs last year, um, last season. But uh, before uh, I move on to just discuss the standings for the NBA for a little bit here. Who, I was wondering this last night, who would you want to have on your team as a backup point guard? Would you want Jordan Clarkson or would you want Terry Rozier? I'm just, I was going to get your opinion on that first. Hi, Terry Rozier. I know Jor- Jordan Clarkson, he's a he's a great player. He can shoot, but Terry Rozier, I think he has a better future than Jordan Clarkson. He's, a, he's able to dunk. He's able to shoot. Um, and you see how he did in the playoffs. He was amazing. Um. I, you know, you everything you make absolutely makes sense. And I, I bet you a lot of people think, you know, it's obviously Terry Rozier. The choice is clear. I'm going to be 100% honest with you right now. I think Jordan Clarkson this year is has proved to me that he is an all-star caliber player who, you know, he's obviously not, you know, the best point guard in the league or anything. But, you know, the way he's been playing off the bench compared to Terry Rozier his scoring output is a lot more consistent than Terry Rozier. Um, I think if Jordan Clarkson um, were on the Celtics, um, I really think it would be a great fit for him. Now, you know, I'm taking this way out of perspective because you know the the Celtics aren't the Cavs aren't obviously aren't the Celtics, but I just think in terms of this season, I really would take Jordan Clarkson because he has proved to me that he is consistent. I know he hasn't been great his last two games, but he's proven that he's been consistent. He's a top bench scorer in the league. He's always been a top bench scorer in the league. Uh, so, you know, this isn't like um, this is a surprise for him. This is just the best season he's having off the bench. So this year, um, I would take Jordan Clarkson over Terry Rozier. Uh, so I'd have to disagree w- with you on that. But finally, uh, last NBA thing I want to talk about here. Just list off the uh, first, the top teams. So I want to talk a little about the uh, all-star teams, like a uh, Luka Doncic and uh, James Harden, Paul Paul George. So, do you really think that it's fair for Luka Doncic to be an All Star? Saying he's a rookie. Um, no, not this year. I'm not going to classify him as an All Star this year. He's definitely going to be an All Star yeah. if he keeps playing like this. But uh, I think uh, 
you know, Jason Tatum had, had a phenomenal season last year, and he wasn't an all-star. So uh, LeBron had a phenomenal rookie season, wasn't an all-star. Yeah. So I think, you know, just that first season, if you get rookie of the year, that's great. Next season, uh, I think you should emulate being more of an all-star, most likely. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Derek Rose? He's playing from the bench, and he's still able to be an all-star right now. And I, I've heard some people say it's not very fair for him to get like the third most votes in the East. I mean, sorry, the Western Conference. I, I think that it's perfectly fine for him to be an All Star, because seeing how he, he came up, he was an M, the youngest MVP. He got injured. He wasn't. He was okay for a couple of seasons, and now he's back and he, he's playing like an All Star. Yeah, I mean, this is a great um, revival story. Derrick Rose. Um you know, just, you know, th- like the fact that he dealt with all of those injuries, you know, the fact that he struggled to really find wins um, when he was on the Bulls, when he was on the Knicks, the Cavs, you know, it was tough. And remember, he had that 50-point game very early in the season. Um, so this has been a great revival story for Derrick Rose. Um, I've always been rooting for him. Um, just, he's been very inspirational to a lot of people. He's really shown that, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from or, your background just it matters what you do and the effort you put in on the court that really matters and look you know i i never expected him to have a game over 40 points and look he had a 50 point outing early in the season i mean just and you saw the emotion that he had after that game um it's been a great year for derrick rose and i would definitely consider him an all-star this year like especially all the votes he's getting he said that he doesn't have to represent himself he's just playing on the court like he you see most players they have an instagram they have about a million followers and they're kind of putting themselves out there a lot to get like uh, all-star votes derrick rose doesn't have that he's just playing on playing on the court doing his thing yeah he's you know he's um he's all about hoops in the end you know he wants to he's he, he plays in the nba for a reason that's not to you know get a million followers on instagram yeah that's you know that's to play basketball and i think that you know the timberwolves themselves aren't doing well at all there's uh 17 and 21 um in the western conference in 13th place so they're not playing uh, they're not playing well but again the what the Western Conference is so tight this year. If the Timberwolves, you know, can go on a winning streak, they're definitely back in the conversation. Um, so, th- you know, that's my analysis on Derrick Rose so far this season. And uh, finally, uh, last NBA uh, stat for um, this uh, for this episode. Um, the top teams of the Eastern Conference, uh, we'll go with the first uh, five. And it's really all the teams that, you know, we've been talking about who can potentially win the east this year um the bucks are in first place with uh in 26 and 10 raptors in second 28 and 12 the pacers uh 25 and 12 uh in third place and the 76ers um are 25 and 14 they've won two in a row um jimmy butler had a um had a disrespectful is what it says on espn had a disrespectful talk with uh 76ers coach brett brown um, are you just quick question? Are you nervous about what um, this may bring in the future for the 76ers? Are you concerned at all with this? Because this did happen in Minnesota, and look what happened with them. Um, so I'm a little nervous that you know he's only played with the Sixers for a couple months, and this is already happening. So what's your take on that? Um, I think it's really because he's kind of he's. I think he's kind of selfish. I I think he he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to shoot it. He wants to be the best that he can be. And I don't really think he thinks about the other players and what they need to. 
I I think he wa- he just wants to be at the top player. He wants to be an all star. He wants to be the MVP. He's just thinking about himself. And I think we've we've established Jimmy Butler as a great player. That's why we were so excited when he went to the Seventy Sixers. I think now is he ha- you know he wanted you know the reason he left Minnesota because is because he was pl- complaining about you know the lack of energy, the lack of passion that his teammates had, and he he actually said that um, his teammates were you know not not obviously not quote for quote I'm saying here, but what he basically said is that his teammates um, wanted it more for themselves; they weren't really for the team. So I really couldn't understand that he why he'd be selfish um, for himself because he wants all of his team to do well. So, the, um, you know, maybe they just had an argument. We all argue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully they can just put all that aside. And, you know, they've won two in a row, so hopefully they can keep that streak up. Um, but in finally in fifth place, it's the Celtics who are 20, uh, 23 um, and 15. Um, they did win. Um, of course, they won. they've won two in a row um, against the um, Timberwolves and then the Mavericks last night. Um, in the Western Conference, the Nuggets um, are st- still surprising. They're still in uh, first place, 25 and 11, um, up to date. The Thunder uh, are 24. Um, as of last night, they were 24 and 13. The Warriors are 25 and 14. Rockets, um, you know, after that horrendous start to the season, um, they're picking up the pace. They are 22 and 15. They've won six in a row. Thanks, you know, all that's been thanks yeah. to James Harden without Chris Paul. And then the Trailblazers, as of last night, um, were 22 and 16. They won two in a row. Um, so the West is a lot more competitive. The Lakers are slipping a bit. Um, without LeBron, it's obviously showing. They're 21 and 18 now, so they're three only three games above 500. So um, a little bit worrisome for the clip uh, for the Lakers. I hope LeBron can get back um, as soon as possible. Um, this is a little bit strange that he's actually been uh, injured for this long because we've never known LeBron to have, you know, season-ending injuries or anything like that. Um, But before we uh, move on to our final segment of the show today, um, anything that you want to talk about specifically with NBA or anything that you want to mention? The Hornets, the Hornets. I think they're doing a lot better than last year. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs this year. I think they'll they'll, they'll get into, like, the... Top six, I think so. And Kemba Walker, he's really stepping it up. He in the beginning of the season, he was getting like forty points per game. He's an MVP candidate, I yeah, think. Yeah, is year. he? I mean, I mean, um, that's what a lot of people think, mm-hmm. you know, because the breakout season is having. But you know, go on. I, I didn't let you finish. I'm sorry. And I, we see like people like Malik Monk. I think he's going to develop into a very solid player. And Jeremy Lamb, same with him too. Yeah. What What I like about the Hornets is that you know they don't have. You know, so many all-star caliber players, but they have guys who are, they have a cohesive unit of guys like Michael Kidd Hillcrist, Jeremy Lamb, um, you know, Kemba Walker. I really like Malik Muck and what he brings to the table. Um, so they have a lot of guys who may not look great individually, but as a team, they're obviously showing that they can work as one cohesive unit. And I definitely think that they have a huge chance, especially the fact that the East isn't super competitive with, um, except the top five teams, really. Um, the Heat definitely, or excuse me, the Hornets definitely have a chance to make the playoffs this year. Um, now, that was all our talk for the NBA. Like I said, we did have a lot to talk about, um, but we are not done. We have um, still, uh, we're going to give our final wrap-up on the Cleveland Browns this week. Um, unfortunately, the Browns were not able to um, 
get the win in Baltimore this past Sunday. They lost to the Ravens. However, it was only by two points. Uh, this puts the final standings for the Browns. Um, they finished the season 7-8-1. and one. Um, They were 5-2-1 and two and one, um, at home, and that they were 2-6 and six on the road. Um, now, a lot of NFL fans who are used to quality teams would say, you know, 7-8-1, that's, that's a pretty terrible record, honestly. Um, but I will say this one thing. It's not 0-16. It's not, you know, winless Browns anymore. Um, I definitely see this as a great season for the Browns, a huge accomplishment. You know, it gives us really a lot to look forward to for the Browns, the fact that, you know, the way they played at home, the way they did so well. Uh, it was on the road that they couldn't really get it done. Um, you know, six of their eight losses, or excuse me, um, eight of their road games, um, in all those eight, they lost six of them, only won two of them. So if, if uh, it was anything to look at for the Browns, was, um, I would say, you know, how do you improve um, when you're not in Cleveland and when you're on the road? Um, but, Andrew, what is your final uh, analysis on the season of the Browns so far, and what are you looking forward to um, for their future? I honestly can't wait till next year. I think that if we start at Baker in the, the first few games – we would be in the playoffs right now. We would have a spot in the playoffs. We would have been better than the Steelers, better than the Ravens. And if we can get more, like, a better line, a better lineup next year, I think that we can definitely make it far in the playoffs. And when we played the Ravens, there is only two guys in the NFL right now that have gotten over 300 yards. He's, do you, oh, man. So do you think Baker Mayfield could be a rookie of, could be rookie of the year? I mean, definitely, you know, he was had such a huge prospect coming in for the Browns season. You know, the fact that they were able to finish 7-8-1 and one, and not, you know, 1-15 or 0-16. I definitely think, you know, the way the fran that franchise really turned around and, you know, the future that's ahead of him, I would definitely consider him as a Rookie of the Year candidate this year in the NFL. Especially since he made the um, uh, NFL rookie most touchdowns. He, he beat Peyton Manning. He beat Russell Westbrook, who are both... I mean, not Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson. I was going to say. Yeah, who are both uh, very great quarterbacks. And I think next year he could be a possible MVP candidate. Yeah, definitely. You know, just you know, like I said, a lot to look forward in the future uh, for the Browns. And last but certainly not least, we're going to get into the um, – I actually forgot. I forgot to mention my uh, sports fact of the day for you, so I'll do that at the end. Um, before I get to that, though, I, uh, I want to talk about – with you, Andrew, um, the playoffs for the NFL. Unfortunately, the Browns not in it, um, but we still have um, some games coming up here. Uh, today, the Indianapolis Colts are in Houston to face the Texans in the wild card round. Um, that's one of the four wild card round matchups. Um, next, another one is the Seahawks taking on the Dallas Cowboys, um, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And then the defending champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, are taking on the Chicago Bears. So, um, what? Uh, excuse me, Andrew. What's your um, predictions? What What are your um, opinions um, on these wild card matchups? I think the Raven. I think the Ravens. I think they're gonna they're gonna get far in the playoffs. We saw like a few years ago with uh, San Francisco. Um, Colin Kaepernick. He got really high. I think Colin Kaepernick and, and Lamar Jackson are very, very similar players. Their their game. And I think Lamar Jackson. He's going to get really high, and they're they're going to make it far in the playoffs. Do you think that the uh, defending champions, the Eagles, will be able to uh, get past the Chicago Bears? 
No, no. Bears defense is too strong. They, I don't think they can beat them. Um, so therefore, you really don't think the Eagles' chances of uh, back-to-back cha- uh, Super Bowl championships—it's a, I think it's, it's very small. Slim, yeah. Um, what's your predictions for Indianapolis uh, and Houston uh, today? Honestly, I I'm not sure about that game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think this game will depend on defense. Whose defense is better? Um, and the, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Seattle Seahawks and Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas Cowboys, who've uh, had some porous seasons in the past, but uh, have made the playoffs now. Um, what's your prediction? Uh, them taking on the Seahawks in Dallas. I think the uh, Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to win. I I think Dak Prescott. He's going to choke. And same with all the other Cowboys. I think the Seahawks will pull through. So definitely not a yeehaw, you would say, yeah. today for the Cowboys. Um, so that's going to do it for um, NFL portion of the show. Um, last but certainly not least, I have my sports fact of the day. And today is January 5th. Um, on this day, January 5th in 1964, um, the San Diego Chargers, they defeated the Boston Patriots, is what they were known as now, not New England, but the Boston Patriots. Um, they defeated them 51-10 to at the Balboa Stadium in San Diego. Um, led by quarterbacks uh, Tobin Rote and uh, John Haddle and fullback Keith Lincoln, the Chargers um, amassed 610 yards on offense. Uh, Lincoln scored two touchdowns. He gained 206 yards on 13 rushing attempts, and he caught seven passes for another 123 yards. He even um, threw a pass for 20 yards to add an astonishing total of 349 yards um, from scrimmage. So, you know... A lot of uh, NFL history that we've been talking about, a lot of NFL stuff we've been talking about today, and um, definitely another um, really interesting fact. Um, stay tuned for our next fact um, of the week next week. Um, we'll keep you updated with that. Um, so that concludes our uh, show for today. Andrew, thank you much for uh, thank you very much for being here. Oh, it's always great to talk uh, with you about all all of these sports topics really can't wait um for next week's show we have a lot to talk about if you haven't seen my twitter page in a while um please check that out i've posted a lot uh, more stuff especially my stuff with andrew um if you haven't been on ordonianhills.news lately um look that up as well we have some students doing some amazing work on that website and uh we will be back with you for another podcast uh, next weekend so that concludes our first show for 2019 Have a wonderful um, weekend, and thank you guys very much for listening.